Hello and welcome to the Pinecast. I'm joined today by Joseph. You can follow him on Twitter at I Hate Your Club. And joining us later will be Alex. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore the Beck underscore. He will be here to talk a little bit about some of the leagues around Europe, specifically La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, and a little bit about the Ballon d'Or. So stick around for that. But first, it's time to chat Arsenal with the main man, Joseph up the Ars. What's up, Jay? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. We should be sharp this time. How about that Arsenal, huh? How about that Arsenal? How about that I really enjoy Arsenal? the texts I get from family members who love to, you know, only chime in once we drop points. Yeah, and who do they support? Or they're just being they're just being bastards. One's a bastard, but he supports Barcelona, but that's, you know, oh, that's yeah. the age, you know, he was he was, you know, Yeah, wank. He's first. only like 20 22, so, you oh, know, 10 years ago when he started supporting they were already winning everything so it's kind of easy yeah they had ronaldinho and messi back then they were shit. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think 10 years ago was when messi or when ronaldinho was winning the ballon d'or oh four or five yeah they were pretty good yeah they're still pretty good so it was a good time to and you know constant you know billions of dollars invested or whatever gets you a pretty good team yeah that that must work out nicely for them so our Arsenal, huh? They have been a bit frustrating. It's been a bit of a, a very uh, topsy-turvy week. There was a there was a return to form midweek in the Champions League that we were hoping was gonna we were gonna build from that and learn from what happened at West Brom the week before. And uh, and Norwich Norwich, you know, also started well. We scored first, just like against uh, West Brom. But, and then uh, we lost both leads. And then we lost both leads, so that was not great. Not really feeling that at all. And the myriad of injuries. Every player we have, a, we have ten out now. Is that right? We just got a couple back, but now they are back to having ten players out. So almost, almost a whole eleven out. It's uh, it's been tough. Less than ideal, you could say. Yeah, we never lose like you know Callum Chambers in an 89th minute or anything. We we you know we lose you know Alexis and we lose. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna lose Santi and we we lost. Uh, who else did we lose this week? Oh, Kashelny. Kashelny, hopefully not for too long. And then who would we lose midweek? Uh, did, we, did we lose anybody midweek? I thought that was like clean bill of health. We were actually cool and survived that match. Oh no, we lost Kokolin last week. That's right. Well, Kokolin was last week. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's well, a whole. We, other we week. lost Kokolin and Arteta, so because oh. he he, he kind of counts. <laughs> Isn't it great that you know as soon as he comes in, he fucking injures that same calf. It's terrible, man. Dust happens he's, when you get old, man. He's bad as Kobe now. <laughs> he's better better announce that damn retirement. Shit. Well, you know it's coming. He's doing all those badges, so he knows he knows what's coming up soon. Um, so it looks like, especially with the, uh, the potential loss of Santi Cazorla for an undetermined amount of time, it looks like there will be a very different shape, maybe not shape, but a whole different, few different pegs put in because, you know, the big talk was that, right, that Ramsey was going to stay out wide while Santi stayed in the middle. Now that he's gone, we're going to see our, our, uh, future number eight roaming through the middle in his preferred role. How do you feel about that, Joseph? Well, it's I think it'll be great because it's not like we have any other options to compare it to. 
Sure. So, so. But he's played. He's played quite well for us there before. He's he's fine there. It's just you know we are trying to fit every piece of um, you know great ability we have into a team. So that's why he gets pushed to the wing because he's you want him on the pitch. So you got to fit him somewhere. And Santi can't go out wide anymore because his little legs can't do it. I mean, he totally could considering the way we play. He could still play out there. He's just not going to burn anybody. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> those little legs move pretty well, though, but it does seem like they serve him better in the middle of the park because he knows how to dance circles around those players in, in tight possession, you know, tight spots, which has been great for us there. And that's, you know, people are, you know, I'm sure the as soon as as soon as soon Ramsey has a wayward, like, fucking heel flick in the midfield that, you know, the, the Boo Birds are going to come out, but... Hopefully, I mean, look, the thing was, you know, two seasons ago, this is where Ramsey had his form in the beginning of that season that made everyone think he was a world beater, you know? Yeah. We've been lacking the goals, but this is the position he was playing. He was playing the runner, you know, and Santi was still being played out wide at that, t- at that time. So it's we have a very capable player who's in there who still plays in that same position when he plays for Wales. Um, so all is not lost. I just wish he was playing alongside Coquelin instead of fucking Flamini. But... That is neither here nor there. Yeah, it's what it's what it is. It is, and uh, you know, Ch- Chambers Chambers had a run out today for the U21s playing defensive mid. Yeah, you know, to to mixed reviews. But, yeah, uh, well, you can't blame you can't blame the kid because you brought him in as a defensive midfielder and you made him play right back for a year, and then you've been schooling him to be a center back all summer. So yeah, now you're throwing him back at defensive midfield, which he's never played. So. Right. And when needs must, apparently that's the that's the best case scenario of what we need to do when all shit hits the fan. When we have wait, all right, how many central midfielders do we have out? Like five: Wilshire, Kazorla, Rizitsky. I know he doesn't exist to you, but he still counts on my list. He still counts. Arteta. Arteta. Coquelin. Coquelin. That's that's five right there, right? Santi. Did you count Santi? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Diaby count? Does Diaby count anymore? The, the ghost of Diaby is number six. He'll never leave. He'll never leave that fucking training room. There's no way. I think. Saint Abu. I think it's it's amazing that you could have that many central midfielders and them all be injured by November. It's it's pretty astounding. It's good work. Astounding. <laughs> work. I'll tell you what. I hope they hired an additional trainer or physiotherapist or something because they need extra beds. They need, they want to, I don't know what they're going to do. Set up a, a, you know, a tent, set up a tent outside. So it's uh, it's a little troubling. So, I mean, we're looking at with, with Alexis being out for, let's say at least a couple weeks. Um, the, you know, the options out wide have, have, uh, have dried up as well. Cause Ramsey goes from being first choice, right winger to first choice, number eight in the middle of the park. And uh, we're gonna have to rush, you know. Well, you would think that Oxlade Chamberlain would probably be getting some minutes, um, but now it's now it's Oxlade Chamberlain and Joel Campbell who will most likely be thrown in the starting lineup from the beginning, and hopefully they're fucking recovering. You know, hopefully Oxlade Chamberlain won't go right back out with another muscular injury. Cause so that- it would be nice. Do we get to see Chamberlain on the left so we can see him cut in like, like? Uh- like uh, Alexis like does, I, I, I think so. I, I think so specifically because you know, like Joel can play on the left, but he has more experience playing on the right. Not just with us, but also with Costa Rica, he's done that more because he's also one of those guys that likes to play as an inverted winger. We see how he likes to cut in, and you know, when he can, he'll take the shot from the top of the box there, like that. So, 
It's going to be kind of weird, though, because we play with two inverted wingers. We're going to have to count. Well, I, I guess we use so much with most of our crosses come from our fullbacks anyway. Yeah, we got z- almost zero crosses in this last weekend, too. So yeah. that was also something was really poor with our wide play. But, you know, they got, they're got they going to have to take some time to get into sync with the, the overlaps and whatnot. But you have to think, look, Oxlade-Chamberlain is more suited to the left, just like Welbeck likes to play from the left as well. Um, not that he's back anytime soon yet, but... Um, well, I've seen him in some videos, so he's walking. Well, that's good. At least he's he's uh, he's able to ambulate. He, he can move around. Is he ambulatory? I think that's the word. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot... We're gonna have to we have to we're gonna have to prove themselves. It's not exactly been the best of uh, the best of a run for these guys. But you know, Joel Campbell has shown some life. I mean, everyone thought he's he's been showing a little more in some of these past couple matches. But you know, like you, you know, you talked about this before. You know, he any player needs a run of run of games to actually be able to you know find their way in and really look. Uh, yeah, acc- I mean, he, he's this is his shot. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it's he, his shot for Arsenal. It, it, you know, absolutely, absolutely. he's he's not going anywhere in January, but end of the year, that's it's do or die time. Yeah, but he has to he has to hold down that spot basically until January because, you know, if he can do enough to to convince Arson and the fans that he is worth a damn, and you know, he's continue to contribute with the, you know, like the assist he had the other day for Alexis, he needs to score a couple goals. But, you know, to show that he's a valid option to come off the bench so that we keep, you know, he can be used the way, say, Oxley chamberlain has been used as mostly an impact sub. You know, otherwise, there's never going to be a spot for him in the squad. So, and, you know, and we have, I mean, fuck it. I mean, look what could happen. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility considering the Jeff is rated so highly as a touted youngster. I mean, look, if Joel goes out and plays ineffective for 60 minutes, and what if the Jeff comes on and does something, you know? Yeah, he, Jeff he, goes immediately to the left and Ox comes to the right. Right, and and he could immediately usurp him. Like It could be that fast because you know in terms of where they rank with the manager, in terms of what he thinks about their talent, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't take long for him to go back down in the pecking order. So... I, just uh, quickly switching switching topics, can we can get right back. Is Did you see the video of... Um, oh, shit of uh Sonogo at at Ajax like out like week a week or two ago and <laughs> he's just no he was one of his terrible he totally bambied it and whiffed and co- you don't know how he missed the ball it was amazing i was <laughs> gonna say is it like, like, like the a falling giraffe type of video because yeah, that's it was just like that it was so sad to watch it really was but i hope uh, joel doesn't end up and, and that kind of situation where he gets shipped off again. I mean, I'd like, I always want our players. I've never thought he was good enough. Right. No, that's true. I'd, you, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to be proven wrong. I always like to be proven wrong by our own players. Uh, I'd love for him to, to hell. I want all our players to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. But look, uh, I, I mean, Sonogo, don't know. I don't even feel that bad for Sonogo. You got loaned out to Ajax and you got a chance to get minutes for him. I mean, that's a pretty good loan. I think. Just the problem is he sucks. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't know how else to put it. You know, he's a big gangly fuck who hasn't like learned how to use his body, and it just doesn't seem like he's going to get it. He was a gamble. I mean, it was a free gamble. Yeah, so free it was. Gamble. I can't believe we. You know, he beat Liverpool for us. So you know, he, that he did. <laughs> look, look, he might look. He's the kind of guy who will probably end up being like. 
a center forward for Fulham when they come back to the league in like a year or two, and he might he might be okay. Probably, but it'll probably be a different league though. But more than likely, but, but the, he could still carve something out. It's just, yeah, he that one kind of looks like a lost cause to me. Yeah. Sorry, Sonogo. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to change the subject, but it no, just reminded me. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, talking about underperforming loanies and shit. I, <laughs> I get it. So, you know, so the the squad's being tested. You know, we have a couple matches. You know, we're, we're facing Sunderland at home this weekend. Uh, the, thankfully, we were off during the midweek, so all of the players can get a bit of a rest. So that'll be much, much needed and much deserved in that sort of sense. But, uh, you know... I, it- it's time for some injections. That's what it's time for. I know we're fucking up. We were totally slacking. That would that would make a a big difference. I mean, forget uh, Arson's pride and his word. Let's get some injections. Oh, just in the great words of Al Davis, man, just win, baby. That's right. <sighs> tough, tough, tough. But you know. Arsenal, the the thing that the best thing about this is that we have, and there aren't many good things about this, but I suppose the most fortunate thing of, of, of the current situation is that we have not been um, really punished because other teams have been dropping points around us right when this has happened. Like, you look at last season, the way Chelsea came out of the gates just barnstorming, you know, and they had like what, an eight point lead by this time already? You yeah, know, it was. Based. You know, it was in that ballpark. They were pushing a ten point lead. They had they had like ten points at Christmas, right? They were they were they were clear by like double digits or whatever the fuck it was. But it, but you know, early when everyone else dropped, it was they just kept distancing them, distancing themselves from the pack, which just you know it, it you know left it to you know too much too late. But I mean, we should be top of the league if we hadn't fucked up. But we're sitting here with it still within you know within touching distance, so it could be a lot worse. You know, I was really sad about the injuries during the match, and I was like, "Come on, guys, just find a way to fucking grind out the goal so we don't have to, you know, drop more points." But, goddamn, you know, for as poor as Giroud has been, you know, at times, I, I'm not sure he had one good cross near post early, and after that, I can't remember a clear shot. Yeah, I don't remember him getting particularly good service. And the second half, it was really the the biggest thing for me was it just seemed like we didn't, I mean, but we just didn't create much. You know, it just seemed like we we lacked a bit of the the cut and thrust. Well, you know, we know we all know Alexis. You know, he he gets you going left even for a half a millisecond, and he's to your right. But what was frustrating is that. You know, there was no very, there was no variation, and then Monreal couldn't get across in, and on the right side, Bellerin just kept coming inside, very Sanya esque to me, and just he needed to, you know, go out on the outside once in a while to throw the defender off, but the defender could tell he was coming inside, so just kept funneling him towards the rest of the defenders, and we didn't get anywhere. Yeah, we got to expose that width and utilize what we have in terms of the battering ram in our central striker. Giroud, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough with the lineup changing so much, but they got to figure out a way to, to make that work. I mean, width is so important and to be, to be cutting it off like that, especially when we're playing with something like these inverted wingers that we're talking about, it's going to be so, it's going to be so important that they stay wide because like you said, I mean, we're, we want Oxley Chamberlain to cross from the left over there, you know, Joel Campbell crossing with his soft ass, right? Like we don't want those. 
Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Those don't, those don't really do us much of any good. So we're going to have to see some good width from them. Now, Joseph, I know you probably would have traded that midweek win as I know you weren't really too excited about the Champions League anymore. Would you, would you have traded that for a win at either weekend? Yeah, I really would have. Just just because, I mean, I, I know it's important to be in the competition. Um, but it's just, I mean, when is the next round in early February? Yeah, I think that's when it comes back. Well, I mean, I guess if we can get through next week and somehow get a two-goal win away somewhere we haven't, had to play well right you know for the most part we've gone there where it's the sixth match and we didn't need it and we don't usually end up getting a result so we'll see how i mean we're good under pressure a lot of times and we always put it upon ourselves well the the arsenal there are some ways only to squeak it out by the the tightest of margins right and so we've gone out of the competition over the last few years on away goals a couple of times and or one goal, you know, in a in a two legged affair where we don't do quite enough. So, but see, here's the thing: we don't also we also don't need a two goal win. I mean, we need to score three goals. Yes, because we, we do go through on the three two. So, you got to win the match. We got to score at least two goals. You know, and maybe three. Three will three will do it. So, the guy who's scored all of our Champions League goals just got his hamstring pulled. So, yeah, that's where I see the problem. Well, I mean, but I, hey, it's time it's for to step up. Well, exactly. You know, here's the thing: we got plenty of guys in the team who can score goals and who need to score goals. Ramsey needs to, needs to come through with some goals. That was a big part of his game that where he really developed, and we haven't seen that this season. You know, what he has one goal. He has one goal, right? Did he get one? Yeah, I think he has got one goal. He, he got his one goal. You know, we now have these two guys that are going to be occupying the flanks, both of which you need to add goals to their game. You know, Oxlade Chamberlain started off the season on a flyer, right? He scored that goal in the community shield. We're like, fuck yeah, time for him to do more of that. And that's, is that his only goal of the season? I think, right? Maybe one yeah. more. I think, I think that's the only one he scored. I think he might have like an assist, but you need more end product. And, you know, they've been saying that about Joel Campbell forever. You know, he finally got that assist the other day. So that was nice to see, but these things need to become much more consistent. So they need to be providing service for Giroud. You know, look, Ozil's gotten the score sheet multiple times lately. Great. Long may it continue. We're going to need goals from him and from Ramsey in particular to, uh, to get through these, this period. And, you know, I, look, Ram, Ram I, I got a lot of faith in Ramsey. He's the kind of guy knowing that we need that goal. We'll be going for it. You know, he's our cup. He's, he won the cup for us, you know, He's well, a I hope big I, I hope we can get up early on top of Sunderland and cruise a bit because we're going to be depending on Ramsey to basically kill himself again. So I'm hoping that we can get up early, and if he gets you know, if he's if he's uh, subbed out at 70 minutes on the weekend, would be great. So he, we can save a little bit for midweek. Yeah, that would be ideal. I don't know who's if anybody else is close to coming back, but God, we really need some guys to step up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I don't know how long Theo's out. It should be soon, though. But at the same point, we already had Arteta come back, and that didn't turn out so well. So, but he'd already been back for a little while, though. Well, I mean, you know, like a week or a couple of weeks, but yeah, I mean, his shit's just—it looks like he's just fucked. But I would hope that. I'm hoping that Theo's back 
by midweek next week. I don't really know. I haven't heard. I remember, I remember that being. I remember a week ago that being stated as an aim, as a as like a an aim, hoping to be back for that match, which means don't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> means on the and bench, then, and then we'll see him at Christmas, and then uh, it'll be New Year's. Who knows? But We're gonna have a hell of a team at the turn of the year when they're all fit. I'll tell you that. Shit. As long as we don't. Here, you know, as long as three Honest, of them don't get injured in the meantime before that. Right. Honestly, if we can get, we could stay close. And get half of those players back. Half of those players will be will be such a better team to watch. Yeah. Well, hopefully these guys can carry us. Like I said, it's important for their future as Arsenal players. You know, I, this was a season as well as last season. Many of us have been expecting Oxley Chamberlain to make the jump because of how many of us rate his talent. And uh, it's it's time for him to to handle it. So it's time for him to just stay healthy. Yeah. Just stay I'm, I'm just proud. Pr- you know, but this this doesn't help though. You know what I mean? Like we talk about it, like all the injured players puts more strain on these other guys, guys who would have been coming in for 30, 40 minutes or something or playing a half a match or something like that. Now have to go out there and play 90 or play 80. And it's going to be every three days. The Jeff is going to light Olympiacos up. Going to light him up, man. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> hey, I, I, I fully expect to see the Jeff on the pitch in, at Olympiacos. Maybe yeah. not, maybe not from the start, but he will, he'll be in that match. I, I think. Because who who else are we? You know, if we don't have the result yet, what else are we going to turn to? You can't make a defensive substitution. I can't and see. And there's nobody else. We're going to play <laughs> play all the fullbacks again. Well, you're thinking about that. I I, I think maybe. I mean, it'd be nice. To, I honestly, this is the match where I'd like to see uh, both the uh, right. backup fullbacks come in. How do you feel about Bayerine playing starting up at right wing? I can see him being pulled off the bench in order to to be on the right, right wing, but I, but you could do the same thing with uh, with I guess with Gibbs and leave Monreal and bring Gibbs off. I, I'd be we're down to a skeleton crew, so I'm not I won't be surprised at anything he does anymore. All hands on deck. As soon as Flamini gets injured, it'll be Chambers into center midfield. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's going to be it's going to get hairy. We got to we got to survive a couple weeks, man. Just gotta do enough to get through. I tell you what, he better spend some fucking money this January. Yeah, well, I mean, at least he said now that he he's needs to. You know, but the what, what I see the rumors today. What Nolito from Celta Vigo? What are we gonna do with a kid? No, Nolito's playing well. Yeah, but he's not. No, th- there's a kid from Porto. If we see another fucking kid, I'm gonna die. <laughs> well, yeah, but but the the kid from Porto seems pretty fucking good though. Well, I, I, we we can't wait for a guy to settle in for for a year and a half. <laughs> well, look, you can you can buy one of those, but well, well that, also buy one we need. Well, look, Nolito is a twenty nine year old striker, so so we're renting him basically. Well, what do you mean renting him? You can't buy a player that's twenty nine. I mean, well, he doesn't have a great track record of doing so, but yeah, we could. <laughs> Right, right, but I mean, who, who gives a shit? It's another, it's another striker. I mean, look, I, I, I get it. We have young players and all that, but if he comes in and scores a bunch of goals, he's got like eight goals and four assists this season, and he's not on, a, he's on a crazy amount of money. So it, it's, it's within reason that he could be brought in. I'm not, I'm not hey, gonna, I'm not gonna bang a drum about. That's his, that's his long term want. Uh, what? That's what Nolitos. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Is that his long? That's who he's been searching for. We couldn't we couldn't get him in the summer if that's the guy. 
Well, no, of course he's not that guy. But the like what we said, that guy's not going to come in January. Well, he that guy wouldn't come in the summer either. So, well, but I'm saying, but the, the, you know, this guy wasn't who we were looking for. We didn't have all these injured strikers at the time. So, who knows? That's man. what I'm saying. We're just renting the guy. If we bring someone like that, someone else is leaving for right, sure in the well, summer. That'll be when Joel Campbell leaves. So there you go. <laughs> we're gonna put Nolito on the wing. Is he a winger? Yeah, he can play the wing. Yeah, he can oh. play wing or striker. He, he's oh. he's not a he's he's a He's a quick little guy. Well, he's not tiny. He's five nine, so he's not a he's not a big center forward. He can play by himself up. Like he can play through the middle, but he's also a, a wide, a wide player as well. So fuck it, sign him up, bring yeah, him. Fuck. I mean, look honestly, <laughs> at, at this point where we're at, it's like just bring somebody, right? Yes. So I don't know. I don't know that he's necessarily the guy. You know, I I think, I think signing a defensive midfielder would be the wisest of our options. Nah. <laughs> nah, fuck that. You gotta, nah. Nah, we have Coquelin. It's We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> He'll be back in February. He'll be fine. <sighs> Frustrations. But that's how it is, man. That's the life. You know it. That's what it is being an Arsenal fan. So, got to make do. It, it, it is really... And that's the, the, the issue is that, you know, even the last week, the week when we lost the West Brom, I'm just like... You know, I've had a really shit week. I'm looking forward to the match after the international. I was really looking forward to it. All right, my team is playing. I just, man, I love that team. I want to win, and then we lose, and that pissed me off. And and then mid, it's all right. I, you know, I'm keeping an eye on it. All right, good, good goals. I'm gonna stick Hopefully, it, to it you, carries man. in the weekend. And then another nut shot right on the weekend. It's just, can you yeah. bring me joy? Because I want to laugh it. I wanted to laugh it. Chelsea not winning or I wanted to laugh at some of the other results and I was not able to and that's also a, a part that I enjoy like that's part of the best that's part of the thing you know it is you know instead I get you know the text messages saying you know Arsenal ha 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 and stuff like that yeah but what can you do we just gotta keep blindly supporting our our old man and then you know I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll watch college football, and that'll turn out well. Well, that didn't turn out so well this weekend for me either. So, Fuck kind of USC. A... Yes, exactly. Damn it. Damn you, UCLA. Why did you do it to us? Yeah, it was, it, was a bad, it was a bad weekend in that sense. That's for damn sure. But what can you do? We'll stick with it. Well, let's, let's get to our predictions because, you know, we always do this here on the Pintcast. We are facing Sunderland at home. Joseph, what say you? What shall be the score be and who will score the goals? 2-0. A win for the Arsenal, and it'll be Ramsey, and it will be Ozil. Oh, shit. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I am going to go for the 3-0. I was going to say 3-1, but I feel like against Sunderland, they kind of fucking suck. And Peter Cech's got to get that record, that clean sheet record. So it's going to happen. Sooner rather than later, I hope. So uh, yeah, let's go for that. Let's go for the three nil. I'm going to say a uh, a goal from Giroud, a goal from Ramsey, and a goal from Oxlade Chamberlain. That would well, we do. That would be nice spreading it around. I was going to say a Giroud double, which makes kind of sense against a team like Sunderland. But let's let's spread spread the wealth. 
Sounds good. Are we going to predict the midweek or now nah, we're going to wait? Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll go. Th- I'll go three one. Three one to the Arsenal. I don't get any goal scores yet because we got to see what the fuck happens. But I don't think I don't think you really want my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say it. Just put it out. I'm there. gonna go over a one nil win. Fuck off. And it'll be Mertesacker. Mertesacker. And then we'll be playing a night we don't want to talk about. Yeah. Which we shall not talk about. We will never talk about it until the day comes. We have to. Until, until the day of reckoning. Maybe, maybe, no, maybe as of week. as of now, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm next strong. week. <laughs> I'm staying strong. So we'll see. All right. Well, thanks but I'm so- hoping for the best. Yeah, you know, like I, we can do it. We definitely can do it. Let's oh yes, we can. Pray we don't injure more people this weekend, and maybe we can get through that. Anyways, hopefully Arsenal will bring us more joy soon. Starting this weekend against Sunderland, that'd be really nice. Please, guys, come on. I'd hey, we should wear red too. That'd be nice. Can we wear red? That yeah, red would red would be nice. That terrible kit. I, it's not. I heard them talking about the Arscast extras. It's not a cursed kit. I don't believe in any bullshit. I ain't no. I'm the least superstitious baseball sports whatever guy you ever knew. But it is a bad kit. I, <laughs> it's just don't a, call it a cup kit, and then wear it at Norwich. Right. Yeah. What the fuck? Because you know, there's no need. It's Norwich. Wear a fucking red. It's all we need. It's 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 we play Yeah. I uh, there's no excuse to be wearing that more often than not. But we're gonna have to see it again, though. We're gonna see it again next week. Yes, we will. So we're gonna have to break. Not only are we have to get score win by two goals, we have to do it in that horrible kit. So. That just made the odds all that much longer. So shit. If if we win by two and progress, I'll buy that fucking shirt. <laughs> all right, you heard it here. Joseph will be buying that ugly blue cup kit if Arsenal progress to the Champions League. With the blue letters on the back too. Blue letters on the back. No yeah. joke. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully they do that so you can add another another kit to the to your arsenal of jerseys. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll bring us some more joy. Let's start this weekend with Sunderland and we'll go from there. Uh, thanks so much, Joe. It was great having you on. All right. All right. And stick around. I'll be back with Alex in just a second. is Alex Beck, all the way from Edinburgh. It's great to have you on, Alex. What's up, man? Nothing much, as always, you know, living life the yep. best way I can. Causing trouble. You can follow Alex on Twitter at underscore the Beck underscore. So, Alex, it's uh, it's been great to get back from the international break. All sorts of action all around Europe. We're coming to you. We're going to start with Serie A, the one big title risk we have in Europe this season. Uh, other than the Premier League, what are your thoughts on the state of Serie A and uh, the action we had at the weekend? Well, it's uh, I mean Serie A has been actually like incredible to watch this season because there's been a variety of results from from teams that you wouldn't expect to I mean to be at the top of the league at this point. I mean the top three Inter Milan, Napoli, and Fiorentina. I, I certainly didn't expect them to be at the top. 
this point. Maybe into Milan with the resurgence they've had, but Fiorentina and Napoli have had probably the best season so far with Fiorentina uh, getting two draws in the last two games. I mean, that's halted them back, but make no mistake about it. Juventus are back in form and they're going to be climbing up that league until hopefully until March and we'll see what happens then. Uh, yeah, so Roma, there, there was a big win for uh, for Napoli today. Iguain had a couple goals. Big save by Pepe Reina at the end to salvage that, make sure to keep that match, um, keep the victory. Uh, beating Inter, one of the other big rivals, one of the big, I mean, I don't know, somewhat of a surprise story this season. Inter, you know, definitely was the team that made, I'd say, the biggest splash in the transfer market this summer, really making a lot of big signings that uh, it seemed like they kind of, uh, they built a bit of momentum. Like with each one, it seemed like it became more and more of a, a destination where people wanted to go and really building a real contender, you know? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we often see that with teams, but the, the, the most important thing is that the manager makes them tick, makes them work together, and that's what's happened. I mean, even Condogbe hasn't had the best of seasons yet, but he's slowly he's slowly becoming an integral part of the team, and they're really kicking into Milan. So, I mean, it's worked for the best. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, I thought before the beginning of this season, the form we had seen Roma in, I, I thought they would be nailed on to be big contenders for the title. They really haven't impressed the way we expected from this team, considering how much talent we know they have. Um, what are your thoughts on Roma this season? I'm actually, I mean, I'm really disappointed because they were the ones who he would have thought, like, last year and they recall that they really pushed Juventus to be better than, even better than they already were, you know, And but Juventus still ran away with the league. Now it's, Juventus have, have had, like, a, one of the worst starts I've ever seen in Terrible the league before. Start. You know, almost. I mean, not as bad as Chelsea's, <laughs> but oh, true. A very, very bad stuff for them. For them, and I mean, it, it's kind of odd because Allegri. I mean, he had he had actually a really good season last year for, for his first year. So now it's it's like, what's happened there? And I'm sure people can unravel with their mistakes all, all year. And, and but they fixed themselves up and they've risen again. And, and you expected Roma to, you know, are they in their third year with Rudy Garcia now? I mean, I expected to see them. Really, really take it off this year and actually take advantage of the events this form, but they really haven't. And I think, I think that might be because of a variety of reasons. But really, it's, it's, the team is lacking. You know. Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of uh, a lot of turn, well, a bit of turnover in some of the players at Juventus. You know, they've had a bit of a change. I mean, you thought, considering the the strength of squad they had, though, you thought they wouldn't really miss too many beats. But you know, it's always tough to see a team in transition. You know, a, a couple players have changed. But um, a lot of the key ones are there. But, you know, but some of the guys they lost. I mean, look, Pirlo, let's, you know, I wish probably shouldn't talk too much about his MLS career. Hasn't really done anything since he came to NYCFC. Uh, you know, and you, you lose out a few players. You lose a guy like like Vidal, who was such a heartbeat through the midfield. You know, I, I thought Pereira was going to step up right away to kind of, you know, take that spot. He hasn't really filled that quite yet. Um, you know, you have and these other guys. And, and there's an increased burden. I mean, look, honestly – I think we've we haven't seen the best of Paul Pogba yet this season. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of his time. Everyone has been anointing him the next best player in the you know probably the next right. I mean, the, I think the general consensus was, oh, this guy is going to be a top three midfielder in the world, and potentially the expectations are that he gets into the conversation. When we start talking about Ballon d'Or in a, in a couple seasons. That's what the expectations are because you know we see this guy play and his ceiling is so high, and I think we have yet to see him really making his imprint. On matches week in week out, you know, to really influence and be that dominant, consistent presence because we know the skill he has, but the the next step is consistency. 
Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, the problem, I mean, the problem you mentioned with Pogba is that it's, it, I mean, I've, I've had the feeling anyway that they're going to be, they're going to be selling him every season, every summer, you know, and now it's, it's like, it's kind of like he's having a season like David De Gea. Like, is he going to improve because of maybe a failed transfer that was better kept secret over the summer? Or is it just like he's waiting to leave now? You know, is he has he reached his potential with Juventus and just thought, that's it? Do professional footballers even think like that? I mean, maybe not. But it seems like his progress has stagnated a bit this year. Yeah, so I mean, so we we look at the table now. It's it's Napoli on top by one point over Internacional, and they're thirty one points to thirty. But Fiorentina's right there on twenty nine points. AS Roma at twenty seven. You know, Juve. Juve's, I mean, the, the, best, the biggest surprise, Tassatulo. I mean, Tassatulo, yeah. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, and technically, I mean, I think it's fair being this early in the season, being within eight points of the top, means you're technically still in a title race. So that I mean, that means you wouldn't rule out Sassuolo or AC Milan. Um, but you, but you got to think that it's probably asking a little too much of Sassuolo to maintain their title change, you know, challenge all season. AC yeah, Mil- but it's even, but I would argue that Sassuolo being there is almost, if not more impressive than Leicester being where they are. I mean, that's yeah, just about. I mean, they're they're a nothing team. They have nothing. I mean, the players that they have are worth like less than half a million pounds. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's been an extraordinary overachievement. And, uh, you know, more power to them. And I hope they reach safety and it can build on it. You know, it'd be, if they could reach Europe, that'd be fantastic as well for them. That'd be, would be one hell of an achievement. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't put any money on that myself, uh, considering the quality of the teams above them. I mean, I think, you know, AC Milan's been in a bit of a funk the past few years. You know, I mean, it's just they don't have the money. Uh, it's It always shocks me, though, when I see an AC Milan lineup, you know, roll out and then the names of the players and you're just like, who the fuck are half these guys sometimes? I mean, oh. I, I've, I've learned them more over these past couple of years, but it's just a shock because you're used to, you know, having the Seydorfs and the, you, you know, Maldini, like all these guys, these names and this class associated to it. And they've really been uh, mired kind of mid-table for a while. But, but the, the thing is, I mean, they have names like Bakia and Montalivo and, and Cersei and Abate and Alex and like Antonelli and Blantura. They have lots of names still playing, you know. They're, they're, yeah. they're, not, they're not a nothing team. Well, you know, I, have, I know, I know, but th- those are the names of players that are a either like past their prime or kind of like second tier, whereas they used to have top tier kind of talent, and that's yeah. And I mean, when you just look at the depth and the teams that are above them, you look at you know Juve and Roma, who are sitting in fourth and fifth, have yeah. so much talent on their team. Uh, yeah. Then you have a team like Inter, who's amassed a shit ton of talent as well, and then you have Napoli and Fiorentina, who are both really good teams, but it seems like they're just performing well together. Um, you know, it's, it makes for a very compelling race, you know, and people talk about, you know, the, that this league's not that exciting to watch, but this is, there's a lot of parody and I don't think it's necessarily that the teams are, are that bad. Like Juve has recovered their form. You know, at first they were only playing well in the champions league and now they're, now they're back in the picture, you know, seven points is, is too little of a gap, especially considering that, you know, you would, you have to think that these top teams are all going to be nicking points off each other all season. It's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight. Yeah. I mean, the- I'm really hoping that we'll at least see like four or five teams until March fighting for it. After March, something always happens that that solidifies the top three. Well, yeah, but I mean, even if it's top three, if three teams realistically have a chance of winning it after March, that, still, that's still, that's still, still a great exciting. race. It's still very exciting. It's better, it's better than it's been before. I mean, we've always seen Juve almost get like go twenty points clear at this point. So I'll be more than happy to see that happen by by March, April. Indeed, indeed. All right, so now, considering where we stand now, give me an early prediction of who you think will be there when the dust is settled. Wow. 
you know, I, I think that Inter Milan will will finally win win the league title in the last like ten years. No, they won it more recently. They won it with uh, Jose. Two thousand nine, so it'll be it'll be seven oh, fuck, years. Fuck, it's twenty fifteen. All right, so, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna count it like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean that's a bold statement, but I uh, I can see that. Like, I don't think I want to see it. Um, I think just just to be a stickler with and stick with my original pick, you know, uh, AS Roma are only four points back, so I think they'll regain some form. I really like some of those players they got. You know, Gervinho, class, obviously. <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, uh, Nainggolan, you know, Tati and tottering around in his last last days, but he still can be effective he's, here and there. I always forget that Tati's alive. Even when he plays, I just don't think it's him. I think it's someone else, like <laughs> pretending to be him. It's, it's gonna be forty. It's gonna be forty next year. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, but you guys like Jeko. You know, Jeko's a fucking goal scorer. That's what he does. So, yeah. you know, we've seen him win a title for City. So, crazier things have happened. I still think Jekyll's a much better player than Bonnie will ever be. So, yeah, I, I think I agree. But it's one of those things that you know you've been there so long, and if you're not the bona fide starter, you just need a you need a fresh place to go. So mm-hmm. that's why you know. that's why that's why Czech, that's why Szczesny is at Roma. Yeah. Yes, so. indeed. Who also, I believe, recently got dropped for the weekend because of a smoking bout again. Yep. I, I don't know if it was that or it was the fact that. Uh, he was praising Barcelona in, while they were in defeat when he gave up six goals. I think he praised them, then he smoked. And then he smoked <laughs> to finish. Like, that was so in good. Regret. And he's like, he and he's like that, was so good. that was so good, I need a cigarette. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, it, it should have been part of that interview, just him lighting yeah. up a cigarette like, cigarette. man, yeah, I, have, I haven't been fucked like that in years. He's <laughs> <laughs> like texting his girlfriend. He's like, girl, tonight just... Just take care of me. <laughs> you need to give me at least six, though. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that there. Well, moving on from Serie A, let's, let's go to España, our, our favorite place in Spain, yeah. to where we've seen all sorts of crazy shit go on. Currently, Real Madrid are in shambles, and yeah, I, I mean, couldn't enjoy it more. It's not so much that I hate Real Madrid, because I don't, I don't hate them, hate them. But I like it when the stars who I don't like are also aligned with the teams that I don't like. So it was really easy for when Cristiano went from Man United to Madrid to, to let that continue. Um, there's been some controversial stuff in the past few weeks, you know. But the biggest thing was, you know, the Clasico when they came back. Um, that was the first match back from the international break, and without Messi, <laughs> without Messi even in there, Barcelona took a three 0 lead. And Barcelona, Barcelona have two, what I would call two half Messies. That right. both of them together make one Messi. Just about, or even like one and a quarter. I'd even go like one and a half. Like maybe, they're really maybe. fucking good. Maybe, but if you put all of the three together, you at least have two Messies. And two Messies in this world, I mean, that's it's they're it's the same team. It's unstoppable. You know, it just is, and it's it's scary that we're witnessing this, but we're not appreciating it. As we are, because Suarez is the character that he is. Neymar, his entire Barcelona story is always followed. Like because we've seen Messi be so good, it's very difficult to say, "Oh, Neymar will be as good." You know, we hear the stories about Neymar scoring 200 and something goals, 250 goals before Ronaldo and Messi, but it's still like we never know whether he's going to like live up to that 
that that that, that cylinder for four or five years because Neymar twenty eight twenty nine. You don't know if it's going to be the same level as Messi or Ronaldo at twenty eight twenty nine. That consistency, but if he is, we might be looking at one of the top five players in the world ever, 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 ever. Well, the thing the things that make that so tough that comparison is just the fact that we are currently living in an era where the two best players, well, as of late, the two best players in the recent years are potentially top two, three in the world all time. I mean, I, I will I will definitely go down as saying that Messi already is the best player of all time and will be considered that at the end of his career. You know, Ronaldo is so great that completely, completely, completely agree with that. That that he's on that he's on a level that, you know, it's been you know, obviously it's been great considering they've been able to compete against each other directly like this, but that he uh, that these two guys are on a level that we've never seen before. So look, if if Neymar scores thirty goals a season for the next 10 years, he's one of the greatest players ever, but he still won't be on the level of a Messi or a Messi or a, or a Cristiano because these are guys who've consistently scored 50 goals a season for every year. You know what Messi scored, what 70, 80, you know, he scored insane amounts of goals when you combine them all together. And that kind of shit is just unrealistic expectations for anybody. So if you asked me who could be the next talent to transcend, to that level, I mean, as it stands right now, Neymar looks like the best candidate. That's for sure in the world. Um, but I mean, you can't expect anyone to do something when we're watching a guy who's reset the standard for what the best player in the world really means. And even beyond that, I, I think Messi will find a different way when his legs slow down as they are. Like he's going to find a different way to be just as influential. He might not score as many goals, but it's going to be something even more special in, in, his, in a different way because he's going to be the, the heartbeat of that team. And t- so they know that he won't be at the top top level, you know. Yeah. As for Ronaldo, it's, it's a different case because he, because he hasn't been a one club his whole life, and he's going to be thirty one in February. Change, especially if if uh, the relationship between between him and the the Chiefs of Real Madrid changes over the last couple of couple of months. So, well, do do you expect me to be playing for Real Madrid next season? Because I, I don't think I do. I think at 31, if, if Ronaldo feels that he won't have another season of... Because he's broken every fucking record. He beat, after he beat Raul's record, what more is there to do? You know, he's going to... Soon he's going to break break the all-time record for the Liga's goal scored by a Real Madrid player, if he hasn't already. Like, there's nothing left for him to do at Real. What is there left to do? He's won the Champions League. Well, I mean, he, 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 could try to, he could try to beat Messi's records, but that'll never happen. So, you know, I don't it's just, think so. it's just I too, think he knows it. Right. I think he knows it. Yeah. So settle the Real Madrid records. But I mean, look, I see him doing, going to Paris next season, playing for a couple of years, and then coming to the MLS. He says he wants to come to the States in a few years. You know, I, I want him to go to Paris, but I think that United is an option that he might. The only reason he would turn it down is if he knows that he can't perform at that level. But if he could do it for two or three years. Well, I, I don't know. Well, he's, he's already been there. He's already yeah. been there. It's not like I'm sure he didn't love the the nightlife there. You know, he's he's very much a, like a Hollywood type of celebrity. If if Manchester United was in London, there might be a, it might be a different thing. You know, yeah. I don't I don't I agree with you. I don't expect to see him come back to England unless it's for United. Yeah, I do believe that. But really, I mean, considering the money that they can offer him and the fact that you have to no, think Paris that will pay him. Paris will pay him good money. And yeah, Paris will pay him yes. crazy good money. Look, they're going to lose Ibra, so they can just basically swap over those wages to him. And good chance Cavani won't be there next season because all the disharmony that we've seen. So it, Ronaldo, Ronaldo could play in, in, in league earned for like five, six years without any problems. Like that's what 
terrific. He will, he'll probably be their record. I mean, Ibrahimovic is already their record goal scorer. He beat Pauletta's record. I mean, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I, I think that's probably what he does. He goes there and plays for a couple seasons. He tries to win a Champions League with them. And he also tries to set the domestic like single season record. You know, I think that's that's the goal because that's that's what Paris wants, right? They want the Champions League. They're not okay. But Paris, I mean, that that's that has to be their ultimate aim right now, correct? Like, they've got nowhere else to go, to, right? To get to, to get their name like embellished, and the same with Juventus. Like that was their most foremost aim, and they got to the final, and it got them respect. Yeah, it however, did. however, however, we see Serie A in the last couple of years. Juventus raised the profile of Serie A and the Juventus themselves, so they earned respect from it. So, PSG's aim is that, right? But so we look at the title race in Spain, and you know it's not over by any means, but it's just yeah, but, it's, it's hard to see. Currently, we have okay. Barcelona, Atletico, Real Madrid, and then Celta Vigo. Great surprise story there. Um, you know, separated by well, Real Madrid are six points back, Madrid are four points back. You know, Madrid have been playing great. They've been grinding out their one nil, you know, results. Still playing that Simeone way. Griezmann's been been fantastic. He's been their talisman now. You know, going from kind of being a, a wide forward to being kind of the guy who, you know, is the guy scoring the winning goal almost every match. And he's one of the best, one of the best guys. Fantastic buy, fantastic buy. Out of all the places he could have gone to, he went to Atletico, and Dang. you'd have to praise Simeone for that and the, the, the transfer management for that. Yep. And, you know, who would have thought? I mean, a few years ago, right, it was the, the Sociedad team. It was like, well, they had Vela and, and, and Griezmann, and a lot of people thought that Vela was the bigger talent of the two. Who knows? Maybe he, maybe he still could be. They're both quite good players. But, uh, but Griezmann has really turned it up a level and is really doing a lot from there. A big hurt for them this weekend, though, they lost Thiago. Um, he's a broken – he broke some shit. He's out for like four months. He's got pins put in his leg. That's a big loss for them in terms of holding in that midfield. You know, Koke is still playing really well at a really good level, and that's really big for him. But you got to think with that. I mean, this, the odds are already stacked against them. Without having that many established, established stars and considering who they've lost, it's tough to see them eking out or having a chance to dethrone Barcelona again like they did a couple of years ago. And Real Madrid being six points back, you can never say never, but, you know, I don't think there's many people on this, on this earth right now that would bet against Real Madrid dropping six, you know, six less points than Barcelona over the rest of the season. It's, it's, it's actually really strange because if you compare all the leagues, you can see that how different leagues, like how they accumulate points, how the big teams accumulate points over the course of the season. Even 14 games in, the Premier League, you'll see two or three losses and a couple of draws, you know. Serie A, you have a more more losses and more draws. With, with, the, with the Premier League, with the Spanish League, I mean, you're not, in the league, you're not seeing that much up the top, you know, but that's one I have had zero draws, two losses, you know, and I mean, it's, it's just very little. I can't see very much of them losing any points. Like it's just like Bayern Munich. Like we're going to get to that as well. But like, it's very hard to see Barcelona losing points. It's and even a shock, even a shock loss, which might happen at some point. It's just very hard to see that continuing for the next game. You know. Yeah, I mean the team. The thing is that team is, looks like they're playing in such harmony, and you have a team in Real Madrid that doesn't seem like they're playing for each other. There's all this drama with the manager, with the players, with the the dressing room. I mean, it's a fucking shit show, yeah. which is is kind of entertaining. I mean, I like get it pop, get out my popcorn and reading about what Florentino Perez is trying to dodge now. You know, making a press conference after the loss to Rafa Benitez to you know to say that he has this has his support. We've seen how that worked out for Carlo but, but and others what, in the past. But so. that's what's but that's what's funny is that 
Real have, have lost as many games as Barcelona have this season. The only difference is the three draws, you know, that keeps them six points behind. But those three draws, they're the ones that signify the cohesion between the team isn't right, you know. They can't just... If, even Barcelona have, like, a relatively, like, a bad day even, they're still scoring two or three goals. You know, Suarez, Suarez and Neymar have really, really, really made a huge difference to, to what Barcelona are about this season, you know. Together, even without Messi... Like I was saying earlier, like they've provided enough ammunition for them to cope, and just that belief, just that, it's, it's enough to change everything for them, you know, because they have someone like, I mean, I can, I'll never go, I'll never really love this guy the way I'm supposed to, but he is one of the best in his position, and he might be one of the best ever in his position. What he does for that team is so important, you know, and everything he brings to that team just by doing something so simple. Makes everything easy for the rest of the squad, and uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons why Messi is going to score so many goals because he's protected so well that he can allow he's allowed to roam, and he's not going to worry about it because he knows how the team reacts to the fluidity of changes when 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 they're under pressure. Indeed, indeed. So now there's some some new news as of today in Spain. They had the uh, awards for La Liga for the from the past season. Uh, it was a well in terms of what he could win. Lionel Messi had a clean sweep from for the best forward and most outstanding player as well. Um, you know, it seems like they make up some of these awards though. You know, Neymar won the award for the best player from the Americas. <laughs> like, what? What the, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? It's it's you know, and, and I think Ronaldo got the fans the fans' choice. So I don't, I don't since when do we start doing fans' choice awards? I don't know what this is. The Nickelodeon award show. MTV Movie Awards. They should never do this in Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the other awards went to goalkeeper to Claudio Bravo for Barcelona. Sergio Never. Ramos won best defender in the league. Interesting. What? Interesting. And James, the best midfielder. That's also very interesting. Yeah. I would vote differently. And uh, and then you know Ford was Messi, best player Messi, and the coach was Luis Enrique. So there was, uh, you know, a little – the. I'd say the awards didn't really balance with the way the results of the league went last season, but you know Madrid always has a lot of fanfare and a lot of sway, especially when it when it comes to Spain. So I don't think that really surprises much of anybody. I mean, the thing we haven't talked about is two very important things in Spain: is Ronaldo's form and Benzema. <laughs> yeah, and they have not they have not been playing the, up to the level that we expect from them. You know. Last season, well, you know, last season Cristiano started off on fire. You know, Messi had to miss some time at the end of last year because of because due to injury. Um, you know, but then remember, you remember exactly when it was. It was right when the Ballon d'Or got announced that Messi just went on that crazy run, and you know, Cristiano could hardly buy a goal while Messi was scoring them by the bucket load. I think he scored, you know, fifteen goals within a couple of weeks after the Ballon d'Or, and it was like, oh shit. Like Messi lost, and he's 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 back. He's back in in that frame of mind where he's going to take over and do everything. And that's why yeah. I mean, look, we're going to get to it now. They've just announced the shortlist for the Ballon d'Or, and Messi is a heavy favorite to win that. And you know, by, 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 by a long shot, no, by um, by an absolute long shot. And, and if anyone else wins that award, it is a complete another, total shambles. Another Mr. Petini bribe that will be <laughs> absolutely. That's the only way it could be, and. That's not something I think we're going to see. The big question is, you're talking about Ronaldo's form. Ronaldo's form since halfway through last season has gone to shit. I know. And the, the five goals that he scored against bloody, bloody Espanol, okay, is the only, it's the only thing that makes his stats look good. Right. You know? 
Like, if you talk about all the games he's played, I mean, he's uninvolved, right, in the games. He's not getting that many touches. He's out of position. He's being selfish, more and more so than usually. He has a lack of service from Bale or Hamez, which, which, which way to wonder why he's even voted as one of the best defielders. He's missed, he's missed Benzema of late. And the thing is, Benzema's fucking Benzema. And then his tension with Rafa Benitez as well. So there's a lot of reasons why why he's struggling. And I, I don't I, think... I think- I think the biggest indictment that I've heard, and this is from their own fan base, from Real Madrid fans specifically, um, is the fact that he doesn't influence the game the way he used to. He is still lethal and a ridiculously good finisher, tremendous athlete and all that, but he no longer takes over a match and and does it. There's so many times we see him isolated out on the wing and sometimes sulking because he's not getting the ball enough. He's not He's not being the driving force behind the team, which we saw him do in his last two seasons at Manchester United and his first, you know, four or five years at, at Real Madrid. Like, he's been the guy that does everything. And now it just seems like his his influence wanes over the course of a match and it just is not what he used to be in that sense, which is, I think, is the biggest indictment because, like, yeah, sure, he's still getting at the end of these things. He gets all the penalty kicks. He gets all the free kicks, not that he can fucking score them. It's been, it's been what? It's been a while, actually. It's, it's been a long fucking time since he, scored, since he scored a free kick. Um probably score three now, but it doesn't matter. It's been a long time. <laughs> a, a, a long, long time. Well, look, if, if he finally scores one, good for him. I mean, I, I feel like everything I've seen from him in the past six months has been driving it straight into the wall. So go figure. Um, but, you know, so that leads to the big question now is that, you know, you look at who, I mean, let, let's see, all right, who are currently on current form, who are the best two players in the world, Alex? On current form? Yeah. I don't, uh, fuck anyone who says Jamie Vardy. Okay, <laughs> on, on, on he wasn't. Form, in, he wasn't going to be in my my conversation now. I just I just had that in my head somewhere. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I think I would go for Neymar and Suarez. I think I would go. That, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Messi's game last week into consideration. So, I mean, if you take that, but the thing is, he's just come back from injury. So I'm thinking I'm talking about form over the last four or five weeks. If we're talking very shortly, of course, Messi's Messi's Messi. All right, well, all right, well, then who's the, who is the second best player in the world right now? The second best? Yes. I, mean, I would have to say Neymar. Interesting. It, it, look, there's certainly a valid case for it. There's certainly a valid case for it. I think for for me, in this sense, I'd actually go with Suarez, just with a slight edge over Neymar, which is crazy to say because you. I mean, the thing is that he's just he's been a player who takes over a match by himself and the way you know it, I, I don't think I could have ever seen it more expertly done and handled while Messi was out on the sidelines of the way they shared that responsibility him and Neymar but I mean it's a little bit the age thing and the experience thing Neymar still I mean Neymar still seems like not that he defers to to Suarez but Suarez is a huge presence yeah and, and, and he, he, he can control more you right. know and he probably has more vision and more of course the know-how and experience but the reason why I wouldn't, the only reason why I would say he's he's number two, is because of the like Neymar just has this extra flair, and that's why I like to see in the players, and maybe that's why I've edged towards because I think that, I mean, if you if you want to choose between Suarez and Neymar, it's it's so it's so fucking tough. Well, look, so and tough. The, the thing is that also like Neymar. Neymar is the one you probably want to use as the role model more. You know, it's like there's so many other yeah. aspects of, of you know, I, I heard people bringing up, oh, well, you know, he missed months for his national team this year because of being out for biting. And I'm like, yeah, that, that counts. And that really should have been held against him last season. And it did. That's why he wasn't in 
the final three last season and all that. Yeah. But but uh, but he's you know he's a player who has an immeasurable amount of impact on a match and does so much. You know he was the guy who went out there and killed Real Madrid in that in in that match. Yeah, but interestingly enough, Joaquin, and it's, this is not like uh, saying that I forgive him, or whatever. I probably never will, but like he hasn't done anything bad yet. You know. Yeah, since he's been at Barcelona. Yeah, and I think that might be because he's around better people. <laughs> Maybe Liverpool. <laughs> Maybe Brendan Rodgers brought the worst out of him. But, like, um, yeah, I think that being at a club like Liverpool might bring you down if you notice mentally, you know. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, it wasn't like it wasn't like he learned it there. You know, he already had no, that in no, him. No, no, no. He already had it in him. I, I think it's just he's no longer bit larger than the club, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's no longer yeah. the biggest dog. And he knows that, like, look, in Spain, it's it's quite easy to go out of favor. But he, he knows he doesn't have to result to bite people to win a game. That's right. That's the difference. At Liverpool, you have to result a lot of things to win a game. Yeah. So, but also, I would say that I would say that he has done. I mean, figuratively speaking, he has done his time. You know, he was punished for being an asshole. You know. Yeah. So, it's very difficult because, like, if you ask me now, who would you want at Arsenal? I could not, with a straight face, say Neymar because I don't think I think he would die at Arsenal. He would get even more injured. <laughs> so. Well, look, uh, the the thing the thing that where the conversation comes up and it's the the talking point as of today is the fact that Cristiano's still in the top three for the Ballon d'Or and was joined by Neymar and Messi. And look, I mean, there's a case to be made for Suarez, I believe. All right, so here's how the numbers. Yeah, but Suarez isn't in the list because he's not in the sorry he's not in the top three because of who he is. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely a, a big a big factor. You know, but he still scored without even playing for his national team. Scored forty goals and had twenty one assists. Suarez, incredible, pretty impressive for for Messi for Messi for goals for club and country. He has forty eight. Neymar has forty five. Cristiano has forty eight for club and country. Incredible. That's also Messi missing all that time as well, which just shows you like he's barely been brought back to the pack because he wasn't playing for you know a month and a half, two months. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it says a lot. And Suarez there, I mean, when a guy can give you – when he can score 40 goals and give you 20 assists, I mean, that's about as good as you need to be to be on any list. And I think I think we will start to see this being reflective, you know, and reflected in these sorts of awards from here on out. I think we've seen the peak of Ronaldo. We know he's been dealing with a few nagging injuries. Like, not, I mean, there's nothing major on – there's nothing major on the cards at the moment, but you take things like the tendonitis he had in the knee and all that kind of shit. That shit doesn't go away. It's stuff that yeah. like ha- you have to rest and you have to manage for the rest of your career. You know, you can you only have young legs that don't have miles on them. You know, I was getting a lot Definitely of shit spoken about them. You know, and there's you can only you can only take so much mileage, and each body can only handle so much. You know, we've we've seen plenty of bodies that break down at Arsenal. We don't even need to get into that. Yeah. Um, so so it's it's a big it's a big talking point right now, and I think I think there's a, a very legitimate case as to why Suarez should be in there. But uh, I think all that matters is that the correct winner comes out at the end, and it will it should be messy again for a record fifth time. Yeah, I, th- I think it will happen. I think Messi is is going to be the name that we'll think about in twenty years. So I don't think we'll see anything like him, you know. And if we do, oh my god, it would be wonderful. But I, I just don't think we will. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say because I mean, you know, we never thought we'd see a player like this before. So no. to have two in this generation, it's been amazing. Yeah. But maybe it will be Neymar. Maybe maybe he'll be that next guy. Only time will tell. 
Um, let's move on. Before we get you out of here, let's do a, a quick little chat about Bundesliga. Not much of a title race going on. You know, we have fucking Bayern fucking Munich on the top of the league. 13 wins in one draw on yeah. on 40 points. Pretty, you know, pretty impressive shit. I mean, München fans, that's, there's no point supporting them. What's the point in supporting a team that always wins? Uh, I know, mean, constant joy, and for what? You know, why do they even celebrate goals anymore, you know? Look, and Dortmund are in second place, which is potentially the bigger story, I guess, out, coming out of this league, I think, as you and I were, were discussing. They're in second place by, at 32 points. I mean, we expected a bounce back from them. They were too good of a team with too much good talent to really fall off that far. But, you know, they're in second place, but it's not even like the pack is right near them either. Wolfsburg is in third at 25 points. Which is very disappointing. It's very disappointing. And De Bruyne, I mean, De Bruyne's exit has, has clearly affected that the way they play. But you can't just blame on him. I mean, that's poor form from them. Well, they picked up Julian Draxler. That's a, that's a big signing for them to make that move. I mean, they've. I feel like they've done a lot, especially not so much, maybe not so much this summer, but in the year past, a year ago, the move they made to get up to second. I mean, they signed some quality talent. They have... They have a very solid squad there. Um, but, you know, we've seen, also seen them, you know, we saw, you know, when they played Bayern earlier this season, they played like the perfect first half, and then they came out in the second half and got absolutely demolished. Yeah. And Bayern are just this juggernaut that just keeps on rolling. I, I was amused watching uh, Arjen Robin go off injured to the day. That was nice. <laughs> After assisting a goal. Thanks, by the way, you know, also, a, we needed that. I just, I just realized how big Arjen Robin actually is. He's like six foot. I always thought of a no. small player. No, get the, get the fuck out of here. He's taller than you, Joaquin. You know, he's actually tall. He's just tall, almost as tall as me. He's actually really tall. He's like 5'11", 6 foot. The dude is tall, man. I always thought it was some tiny little, like, like little goblin thing going on. All right, he's, he's listed at 5'11". That's so listed. tall. That's, he looks like a little short, little short, bald, like death, dead man, like... He does he, not look like he's like six foot almost. No, he, he looks he looks like the the te- former tennis player John McEnroe, <laughs> known for his tyrannical tirades and and John uh, McEnroe was was John McEnroe tall? I always imagined him short too. Nah, he's a tennis player. He had to be a little a little bit taller. I think he's probably around the same height, five eleven, oh. six foot. Well, look, I could, look. I'm five ten. I could be listed at five eleven too if I wanted. I don't know. Arian Robin, who gives a <laughs> shit? He's a, he's a dainty little bitch. He he cheated for a penalty against Mexico, and I'll always hate him. So John McEnroe is also five eleven, listed as. Yeah. Okay. There you go. See, doppelganger. It's actually he's old enough. He's old enough. It could be his son. That Robin is actually McEnroe. <laughs> in Dutch. We've uncovered the the secret behind Aryan's anger issues. It all makes sense now. Uh, so the Bundesliga is not going to be much of a race this season. It's basically yeah. done and dusted. I mean, I guess basically all we're going to see is who really gets in these other Champions League spots. You know, we have, like I said, Dortmund and Wolfsburg, and then Mönchengladbach um, are in fourth. You know, we still have Leverkusen, Schalke, and Hamburg all in the mix. Hamburg kind of surprisingly, although those fucking bastards beat BVB the other week. Much, yeah, that much was to surprising. my chagrin. That well, you know, that for some reason they have, like, even last season when they they nearly and basically should have been relegated, they still got results off of. Um, Dortmund. So they're kind of one of those bogey teams, the team that always fucking performs against them, but go figure. Um, I don't know. It's all going to come down to what we think these guys can do. I mean, the only thing that really matters to Bayern now, I mean, obviously they go to win this and win their, because they want another tri- triple or quadruple. Champions League. 
Yeah, but, but it's just the Champions League. That's that's where they're at, and that's what. And currently, there are two teams. You have to say there's only two teams that are favorites for that, and it's them or, or Barcelona. And Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, I would like I would I would like to see a final between them two. Yeah, and I think I think that's what the neutrals would say would probably be the best case scenario. You know, in terms of actually getting the best best okay, teams. We, we have we haven't had a final of the best teams in a long time. It's been quite a while. When was the last one? You think? You think the Man United Barcelona final was ever that? I think, yeah, Maybe. I think 2000, 2009, 2010. Yeah, I think 2010. They, they were the best teams at the time. Yeah, th- and that was also, you also got the, mar- I mean, the, it wasn't just the marquee of the forum, but it was also the names. The thing is, we, we had Bayern Munich against Dortmund, but. Yeah, but that, you know, when it was, you you always think of something like this as being, you know, the matchup between the superpowers from separate countries. Yeah. So that's why it's weird. When we had, when we had the uh, Atletico versus Real, it doesn't really feel right. And when it was. You know, Dortmund versus Bayern. It kind of doesn't really feel yeah. like the same way. In our head, in our head, it's more like Galacticos versus Galacticos in a way. Like we're talking about the biggest of the biggest. Right, and that's why we, we kind of we nearly got that last season. I mean, they were undoubtedly the best Italian team, Juventus, playing against Barcelona. So I mean, yeah, the only bigger matchup we could have would be against Bayern. So you know, it is what it is. Um, but we, we'll have to see. You know, it's it's a it's a good thing to, have to play the matches because I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't know how how excited I'm about Arsenal's chances, especially with the, the recent injuries. But uh, if, we'll, if we'll even get there, right, right. Well, look, I'm still a believer, and we. I am. St- I am very much. We are still not covering the Europa League here on the Pintcast. I'm holding out till the last fucking day, because I, I want to continue. I want the Pintcast to continue to go, never <laughs> ever talking about the Europa League, because as long as Arsenal's not played in it, we won't talk about it. So I think if we if we go into it, awesome will like cancel something. He'll like <laughs> Christmas is canceled if that happens. Yeah, okay? yeah. Fuck we're gonna go to that. Greece with like three first team players and like <laughs> a motivational speaker. <laughs> oh dear lord, dear lord. Yeah, that would not be ideal. Well, look, Alex. It was a pleasure having you on as always. Best oh, of time yeah. talking to you. Follow Alex on Twitter at underscore the back underscore. Follow him for his. Crazy musings, wonderful insight, and uh, good political commentary because he is the man and knows what he's talking about. So follow Alex. Maybe, well, don't follow him blindly. He does get kind of crazy sometimes. So <laughs> pace yourself. But thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure having you on. More than welcome, man. Always. All right. We'll be back next week with another Pinecast. Catch you guys soon. Yeah.
Sigue 